everyone! Welcome to the Lift Pono Love Pono podcast. We are a podcast that focuses on creating and building healthy relationships. Love Pono's mission is to provide a safe environment to help the community build and maintain healthy relationships through education, intervention, campus and community resources, and counseling. We educate our community through events, social media campaigns, and workshops to cultivate a campus culture of responsibility and respect, ultimately preventing interpersonal violence. We're excited to have you here today for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Live Pono, Love Pono podcast. My name is Summer. My name is Micah. And we are a part of the Love Pono team. Today, we have the honor to have our special guest, Leslie. Leslie is a University of Hawaii System confidential advocate, as well as a committee member for our program, Love Pono. Would you mind telling us and our listeners a little more about being an advocate and your role at the university and our campus? Yes, of course. Um, I am the senior confidential advocate for the University of Hawaii System. So I help to serve the um, campuses here on Oahu, um, one of them being um, Leeward Community College. I, as a confidential advocate, I help individuals, whether they are students or faculty or staff, um, if they're experiencing any kind of gender-based violence. So like intimate partner violence, sexual violence, sexual harassment, gender-based harassment, discrimination, things of that nature, and really just help them to understand what their rights are and what options are available to them to address that kind of experience. How often do you go to each school, usually? Um, usually, I am on campuses. For right now, I am on some campuses oh, once, yeah. once a week. Um, so I do um, Leeward Pu'uloa, and then Leeward Wainai, and then uh, West Oahu, and kind of share my time between Manoa and um, Kapiolani when needed, um, because those campuses also have their own advocates as well. Windward and Honolulu um, is covered by my colleague, Jojo. Took like a lot of driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, so all of Oahu basically for our program. Amazing, thank you so much, Leslie. In this podcast session, we are focusing on wide ranges of trauma, from short experiences to longer ones. The trauma that could be from family experiences, relationship experiences, or significantly negative experiences from daily life. This month for our podcast, we are trying we are talking about the topic of what happened to you. Today we are continuing that topic, but specifically how previous trauma can lead to unhealthy relationships. To start off, how might trauma cause one person to change? I think um, it's important to note that all of us experience trauma in some form, right? At you know, at, at different points mm-hmm. in our lives. And um, I love how you explained how you know we're talking about wide ranges of trauma from short to longer experiences. Um, one thing I read recently was, um, or I saw recently actually on social media, was someone said that you have to love all of everything that have ever happened to you in order to fully love yourself, including the trauma, so including the bad stuff, right? Um, so I want to kind of just also point out that I'm not an expert in trauma. <laughs> I'm not like a um, professional um, necessarily in that area. However, I do recognize um, and have experience from like my own personal life, but also of the many lives that I have worked with. 
Um, so how might trauma cause one person to change? Um, I think most importantly, our bodies and our brains and our hearts tell us exactly what we need to protect ourselves. So when something is threatening us, our, we have a natural reaction. We have a natural way to, to protect ourselves from that trauma. And depending on how significant that trauma is, that's kind of going to be our reaction to it, right? That's going to be our reaction to um, what is going to cause us harm or what is threatening us harm. So if physical trauma is what we're talking about, sometimes our bodies will have a natural like physical reaction, potentially. If we're talking about emotional trauma, our bodies will learn and our brains will learn how we might be able to protect ourselves from continued emotional trauma. So it just really depending on what the trauma is, our bodies have like this natural response. And so I think what causes us to change is how we figure out what's the best reaction to protect ourselves from potential harm. survival yeah exactly survival and how do i'm going to live through this especially if it's like long-term trauma how am i going to protect my heart from you know continued emotional trauma how am i going to protect myself if there's fear of like even trauma of like you know um hunger like not knowing not knowing when you're going to get your next meal so how am i gonna um, protect myself from that is sometimes i'm going to just keep collecting collecting food so that I know I'm never going to go hungry again, right? So certain yeah. things that we do to make sure that we don't experience that trauma again. Um, that's kind of how we change, quote unquote, um, because we need to know how to protect ourselves from what could potentially cause us harm. Mm -hmm. okay. So what kind of things um, do you think causes trauma itself? I think it... I think in general, right, we can think about like the general things that causes trauma. So, um, for example, if maybe someone experiences um, like an attack, like a, a public attack, say like maybe like a bomb in a, in a mall or something, um, that yeah. can be like a very traumatic event, right, as you can imagine. Um, or even things that like severely cause us fear, um, like maybe like abandonment, like somebody important in our lives maybe left us. Um, unexpectedly and and that can be traumatic in itself um, emotional trauma so someone who you know maybe someone's in a relationship and they consistently lie or consistently cheat or consistently um, you know just deceive you so emotionally you're always feeling not good enough or you're always feeling like you're not worthy of honesty, you're not worthy of love and, you know, to be full, fully loved. Um, I think all kinds of things can cause trauma. It's, it's a, trauma can be like anything that really causes a person to not feel whole, to feel like they're always trying to protect themselves or trying to feel like they're needing to do certain things to make themselves worthy of whatever it is that um, causes them to feel that way. Like threatened, can, so never like threatened in any sort of way. Yeah, yeah. So I think we can kind of go on and on about what cause because there's so many things. Anything, yeah. Trauma. Whatever. It depends on the person, I guess. Yeah. Exactly the person and the situation. So now that we talked about um, some things that may cause trauma, what are some common traits that a person who experienced trauma may have? I think what. 
again, depending on the, the type of trauma. And, and since we're talking about like relationships, maybe I'll go in that direction. Um, I think some common traits that we might see are things depending on the form of trauma in that relationship, right? So if say someone experienced like emotional trauma, say I'm gonna use the example I used earlier, um, in a relationship where their partner consistently lied to them or cheated on them, um, maybe even left them for someone else, et cetera. Um, the person that experienced that trauma could potentially do things in future relationships that might be more protective, right? So they might like build what we say, like build walls and, and, you know, build boundaries to be sure that they won't be hurt again. So maybe um, in the next relationship that they're in, they're going to be more cautious. They're going to maybe want to check um, what the other person is doing more often. They're going to want to check the text messages and the messages on their phones mm -hmm. or the who's calling because they know that that previous person who caused the trauma did that. So they're going to, they're thinking that this behavior can maybe stop that from happening or um, stop from, you know, leading this new relationship into that direction. Um, and so we know that that can be kind of harmful, right? Those behaviors are harmful because now they're, taking what the previous person did to them and applying it to every subsequent partner in the future. And so I think the um, that's, that's not necessarily a common trait, but that's kind of what you'll see in that particular example, right? If they've been cheated on and lied to previously, they're going to do things to see what can I do to make sure this doesn't happen to me again so I don't experience that hurt again. Um, Say if it's another kind of trauma, let's maybe think about um, maybe the trauma of actually like losing the partner, maybe like to death, like to an accident or something. So maybe that kind of trauma might um, lead someone to um, be more cautious every time I need to be with you every time you go out or please don't don't get on a motorcycle or please don't do things that are dangerous, right? So, so that I don't want to experience, yeah, like, you know, I just, or, um, or I, even to the point of maybe I can't be with you because you live a lifestyle that might be, um, might be too dangerous for me and I can't handle that kind of loss. So maybe even preventing um, potential relationships because of that fear of um, that kind of loss again, you know, so that kind of trauma. So again, the, we we'll always go back to the common traits of whatever trauma they experience, they want to avoid things potentially that could lead to what happened to them, right? So that they don't have to have that fear or that loss or that kind of trauma. Yeah. yeah, so it's really about survival and protection of self. So next question, do you have any steps someone with trauma can take to try and make the relationship healthier? It's really important for someone who has experienced the trauma to be able to address the trauma, to recognize there is a hmm. concern or an issue, right? I think many of us can acknowledge like I've been traumatized, like this is definitely my trauma, <laughs> right? Um, I think it's important for someone to recognize it. However, it's just as important to address it. Seek the mental health care, the help that you need to address that trauma so that it doesn't impact us negatively. Um, we all experience some form of trauma, um, whether on the, you know, 
the more obvious lens, but also on maybe not so obvious, like a lot of emotional trauma that we don't recognize happens to us, you know, even from, you know, childhood traumas, how that might impact our future relationships and our future lives. Um, if we want, one, want to recognize that the concern, but then also address it somehow. Um, I always highly encourage um, mental health support um, when you can get it, because I think not addressing those traumas can really lead to maybe unhealthy behaviors for ourselves. Like, what are we doing when we feel like we're protecting ourselves? Like, yes, it's good to have like a level of protection, but it's all, if it's also not allowing us to be our full capable selves, it's we're missing out then on life, right? If we're not able to fully experience what we need because of our past traumas. Um, that's one way. If you're someone in a relationship with someone who's experienced trauma, that can be difficult too, right? How do I, how do I support this person that I love and care about without re-traumatizing them, but also being supportive and understanding why they behave the way that they do? So for example, if we're going to, I'm just going to use the same example we've been using, right? If you're in a relationship with someone who has been cheated on and lied to, and so they're always doing these things that are protective of themselves, like they're checking your phone, they're wanting to know where you are, they're wanting to know who's calling you and who's messaging you. Okay, how can I be supportive of this? Can I be more reassuring? Can I let them know that um, they can trust me? Can I, um, what can I do or what can I say to make this person understand that I'm someone that they can trust, that they don't have to be checking my phone, that they don't have to be knowing where I am 24 seven. What can I do and say that can reassure them that I'm someone that they can trust and I can build that trust with them. Of course, if you're willing to be in that relationship, you're going to try. At the same time, um, we also have to set boundaries for ourselves, right? If we're not willing to do, it's a compromise. It's always a compromise and a give and take. If we want to make this relationship work, what are we both willing to do to help that? Because we also want to make sure that they get the help that they need for the trauma they experience. So just by continuing to support them in their trauma, but what can you do to make sure that they are opening up and getting the help that they need um, to address that trauma as well? So I really like what you said about that reassurance. I feel like that's so important, especially as a person with words of affirmation, love language. <laughs> I really <laughs> think that's so important. Like yes. just like that little extra step that it takes just to make that person feel more comfortable goes a really long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Words and especially actions, right? It has to be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> You can't just say like, you can trust me, but then you go behind their back and like do something that they can't trust. <laughs> so it has to definitely like match, like the words and the actions have to match. If of course, given that you're willing to be part of this relationship and you want to help that person. Who needs help. Yeah, of course. Like, I feel like that not only helps them, but it helps them help you in the relationship just for the both of you, you know? So for it's, sure. it's, it's a team effort kind Other of thing. People in their lives, yeah. <laughs> everyone involved yep. yeah so um I know that we were talking about relationships but this also goes like towards like the family aspect as well maybe even like workplace troubles um but how are 
are people who experience trauma more likely to get into unhealthy relationships? For example, like if they're in an unhealthy like family set- setting where they're they would be in like a maybe neglected or abusive family um, that might prompt them into getting into a similar kind of relationship that reflects that those kind of values. So do you think that's also um, very apparent? Um, I think I think what we can see is what we do see or, or when you say that it, it is like, okay, we see somebody who has experienced something traumatic um, and then we might see the same patterns exist in like, you know, other relationships that they have. Like um, I kind of speak through examples. It's kind of easier <laughs> that way, but um, I think what we see, okay, say if someone grew up in a household that uh, was abusive growing up, so they were always being yelled at or being told that they were doing things wrong or they were um, being told they weren't good enough, right? So in future relationships, say like relationships with even their colleagues um, in the workplace, for example, um, what they might do is they might like overdo work or they might do things extra, go out of their way to do things extra because they're trying to prove themselves to someone because they never got that approval, maybe in the household that they were in. Um, or they're always seeking, um, seeking affirmation to be sure that they're doing things right because they don't want to mess it up. So they might do things like that, that get them um, just to be sure that they're pleasing um, whoever it is that they need to please, right? Like, so that's like a workplace example. Um, Yes, Um, super difficult because I think many of us, I think many of, and I'm, that grow up in households that there were high expectations for us. Um, It's like, yeah, we definitely try so hard to please other people, making sure that nobody is mad at us or make sure that we don't upset other people. Um, we overdo things or we'll do things so that we, we don't feel that, um, that incompleteness or that, that, that we're not worthy enough of um, someone else's approval, right? So we kind of overdo things. Um, so similar in like our friendships, Maybe we are that friend in a relationship who somebody needs help, they're going through things. So we do so much extra to, to take, be there and take care of them and be there for them. Um, and then sometimes we might even question, well, they're not, when I'm going through something, they're not necessarily there for me the way that I was there for them. Um, but again, it's kind of what we know and how to respond to certain things, right? If we are giving and giving and giving because we want to make sure they're protected and taken care of so that we can receive that kind of love back because maybe we didn't receive that kind of affirmation previously, then we might have misunderstood like the expectations that are set of our friendships. So that's kind of how that can be viewed as maybe quote unquote unhealthy, right? because of our own traumas and our reactions, again, we might have this misunderstanding of what's expected of others in different relationships that we have. And does that make sense? I kind of babbled on it. <laughs> kind of like codependency. Codependency. Yeah, codependent on each other. 
very much so yeah like codependency um needing someone else's approval because maybe I never got that before um needing um I mean even like things to like physical touch so say if we you know we as human beings are um, naturally the human touch is so important to us right in terms of like health and healing even um our um ability to thrive in life um human touch and emotional connection like those are all things that are like the basic needs right um if we don't have that kind of maybe human touch or affection necessarily growing up that can lead to maybe want to quote again unhealthier things in later on in life so maybe to like relationships that we might be attracted to people who are overly affectionate but treat us badly because well at least I'm getting that like physical touch and emotional like that 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 physical affection that I didn't get even though they treat me like crap but I'm I'm good with that I'm good with the physical stuff at least because at least I feel like I'm getting something right so those kinds of things can kind of you know be harmful right um and that's just one example and 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 not to say that you know we not to say that that's like the sure sign that this is someone that's in an unhealthy relationship but those are just some kind of examples that I can think of that um of how it impacts us in in future relationships or other relationships. I think that that's like really true. Um, speaking from personal experience, um, I had a household oh. that really had high expectations as well. I know Micah can relate. Um, he had his hand up. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so there is like really high expectations. And I feel like since it's kind of like your normal stereotypical Asian household um, there wasn't that much um, physical touch or words of affirmations at all um, so I feel like I kind of seek that out in my relationships whether it be friendships or um, romantic relationships and I think that that's really important to me to like surround myself with those things that I didn't have growing up um, not only like it helps me right now in the present but it helps my inner child as well um and I think I'm a big people pleaser (laughs) because of how I grew up and I do that so much like even in daily life with people that I don't even know (laughs) like you know like I go to the grocery store and then somebody drops something and I picked it up for them I'm like oh here you go and they're like oh thank you so much and I'm like what else can I do for them like it's just a weird random thought that comes (laughs) in my head like like are they okay like I just want to make sure that they're okay and they have their stuff okay like you know like it just goes so far and I'm just like oh my god where does it stop (laughs) it's not yeah it's not necessarily it's not necessarily a bad thing either right we just want to make sure that whatever it is we're doing to please others or help others is not taking away from ourselves right we want to make sure that we're doing moderation giving too much yeah moderation and um but also that we're doing it like for the right intention like we're not doing it because um we need the same something something back you know and and that expectation is set or or we're giving of ourselves so much that we tire ourselves to 
um, to burnout. You know, we don't want to do that either. Um, another common thing, as you were kind of sharing that, I think about um, sometimes how we're over apologetic for um, for certain things that we do because, again, we we're afraid that maybe we hurt somebody or we don't want to hurt somebody or we don't want somebody to think that badly of us. So we're constantly apologizing for every little thing that we mm -hmm. do. Like, oh, I'm late for this meeting. I'm so, 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 so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry that I didn't, that, you know, submit this on time or I'm so sorry that um, I forgot about our meeting, you know, or whatever it might be like this over apologetic because perhaps maybe something in our past made us feel like, we were the worst person the in the world. Yeah, that we were the worst person in the world for missing something. And, and so we become like over apologetic or we become like, what can I do more to make up for that? You know, so you can see how those kinds of behaviors in ourselves and how we respond can kind of lead to how people treat us. Right. So um, I want to kind of plug the book. Um, by Dr. Perry and Oprah Winfrey, um, what happened to us, um, which I think this is where all of this kind of stemmed from this discussion about trauma and how it impacts our lives and relationships. But, but really, I think for us as individuals to look at what happened to us in our lives to lead to some of these behaviors that, that allow me to interact with people this way. Um, to have the relationships that I have. What happened to me? What happened to me that led to me doing this in this relationship? How can I address that? If it's unhealthy, right? How can I help to address that um, in myself? Um, or, or how can I use that to explain to other people, look, this is what I need to feel assured in this relationship. Can you work with me on that? Is this something that you're willing to work with me on? If not, then maybe this isn't the relationship for me, right? Um, so I think being able to identify and recognize this is what happened to me. This is why I might respond this way to a certain situation. I'm trying to work on it. However, are you willing to work with me about, on it? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I know it's so much easier said. <laughs> than that's done. a really hard thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> to think that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right. It's definitely hard to do, but I think it's such important work. It's such important work to address that. Within there's something wrong with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what you identify or define as wrong or right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's each to their own. <laughs> I think that's really it may seem like weird and systematic like to give that kind of full disclosure thing when you guys first meet but I think that that really helps and it sets like a baseline and all your boundaries are also put up too maybe like having that important conversation really early in the relationship might be able to help out in the long run especially if mm -hmm. you have some trauma or maybe they want to open up about their trauma so it kind of starts that conversation and it's really healthy. It may seem weird, but I think I think that's a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much life to live. Like, I don't want to waste my time here if you're just going to dramatize me more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think, too, um, knowing that relationships are kind of like a work in progress, right? We're always kind of learning about each other throughout the growing. relationship yeah growing. while growing together and sometimes it's okay to recognize like you know we might not be growing in the same direction or we mm -hmm. might not be growing um the way that we right each want to grow yeah and we're not necessarily helping to fertilize each other so let's maybe this isn't the relationship that we need to be in or you know whatever 
Um, like when it comes back, you're meant to be <laughs> go out yeah. and on your own and then come back and be right for each other. Possibly, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so having that conversation really early on about um, the full disclosure and like, here's my trauma and this is how I may respond <laughs> um, in order for us to like work out on that. Um, I think that also helps set like healthy boundaries within each other so it, you can see if you're compatible or not right and if you do that really early in the relationship it also coming from a you know trauma standpoint you may not want to get attached so early so that might you might be able to see like oh yeah we're not going to work out I'm not going to get too attached it might fizzle out and like Maybe right. like a couple days. So, yeah, I think right. that really helps out, like for everybody, yeah. not only for the other person, you know, nobody wastes their time. Nobody puts in more effort than they probably need to or are comfortable with. Yeah. So, on the same yeah. page, both on the same page. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's, and you're right, like it's so uncomfortable to have those conversations I mean like even okay so thinking as an example in general like when you think about like sex education they always tell you okay if you're going to get a new sexual partner you should ask up front like are there is there anything that I need to know up front right so we teach that yeah. about about you know STIs you know sexually transmitted diseases and anything like that why why don't we talk about those things with other boundaries in our life right like yeah. why why, why shouldn't we talk about yeah why shouldn't we talk about look i don't like to be cheated on have you cheated in the past you know have you cheated on your partners in the past if they say they have okay well this might not be the relationship route that i want to go to mm -hmm. or um or are you open to open relationships is this something that you want to do because i am have those discussions in the beginning right like before like you said before we get attached or before we um get too deep into it where it's like it's going to make it harder for us to make a decision mm -hmm. whether or not this is a relationship we want to be in so having those important conversations of all things in the beginning while it might be awkward i think is especially important um to to do early early yeah, they should have an emotional ed in school. They have sex ed, they should have an emotional ed. <laughs> yeah. No, really. <laughs> like, we have, we have sex ed, we should have relationship ed too, because who who talks to us about that stuff? Like, who? Sometimes your parents don't even do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up in a household where it was like, you know, no partners until you graduate from college. Well, okay. Well, who's going to help me understand it after? <laughs> <laughs> if we're not going to talk about it before you know so it's super super important to um to surround ourselves with healthy relationships to identify what are characteristics of healthy relationships so that when traumas occur well it, on top of what is important in healthy relationships is also nurturing ourselves and figuring out what makes us feel whole what what things happen to us, addressing things that happen to us that don't make us feel whole and figure out what make us to feel whole. Because I think if we feel complete and if we feel worthy, if we feel whole and living our best lives, essentially, I think in those moments, we are then able to address some of the traumas that do happen, right? So if we feel whole and worthy, if someone were to betray us, if someone were to abuse us in relationships, 
our response might be a little different than someone who didn't necessarily feel whole to begin with, right? Um, And that's so hard, that's so hard. It's easier to say it, but it's really hard to say like, okay, do I feel whole and full of self-love and um, enough that I might be able to fight against some trauma that happens to me? Yes. How do we know? (laughs) How do we know? (laughs) I want to be, yeah, we want to be able to say yes, like the best. We will be able to. I believe, yeah. <laughs> um, manifest it, yeah. Because <laughs> I think one of the things is, because I think we need to, it has to get rid of the stigma of people about how, like, talking about yourself kind of seems like bragging about yourself. People are so uncomfortable, like, talking about themselves constantly because it can be seen as, like, you know, full of themselves or self-centered or kind of or that. But it's kind of really important to, like, share who you are as a person <laughs> because, I mean, the person that knows you the best is you. And to communicate that with some, to someone else is trying to get them to understand you better instead of them trying to figure you out and then like, you know, correcting them along the way. You better just give them like the whole like outline verse and then, yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, I think, recognize what makes us feel whole, what makes us feel not comfortable and whole. And then use that to determine who we are, how we are, and how we'll be in relationships, um, right? Because you have to know what you'll be able to bring to the table, as well as under- you while you're trying to table. figure out while you're trying to figure out what the other person can bring to the table too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm just gonna be super transparent here, <laughs> as a yeah, person who went through um, an emotionally abusive kind of relationship very early on I think that was like my high school years um but of course you know I had some trauma from that I had some trauma responses as well in my next relationship uh, it's very you know it's a little embarrassing to be able to admit it but it's also you know it's natural of course I would have a trauma response right um yeah it's not, yeah of course <laughs> but on the other end I'm thinking about my partner at the time right mm-hmm. he was so patient I would not have the patience to like deal with myself because I was so stubborn, especially because I was very immature. You know, I was very young. Um, and you're Leo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just chaotic at that point, right? So, oh, I get that. Um, like my partner, he was so patient, understanding, even though I would have like some like weird outbursts or I would respond like really wildly or um I would act a little different or probably how I wouldn't if I didn't go through that relationship um that was you know a little bit damaging um so I think like thinking about our partners as well and reflecting on like oh they didn't really like you know it was hard for me but it was hard for them as well like we have to think about like our partner and how maybe they may be feeling a little bit empty (laughs) at the end of the day as well and um, just being mindful, I know it might be hard mm-hmm. to like reflect um, not only on yourself, but like how your actions have consequences. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's um, what I don't want you to do. Yeah, of course. And like um, thinking about how like it takes a really big person to um, not only be the person with trauma, but also help the person that you love with trauma. And um, of course, I think I have just gotten into therapy. I think it was long overdue, but I think- Therapy's amazing. 
it helps so much. Like, I wish mm-hmm. I went earlier because that would help my partner out so much. <laughs> like having that extra person to talk to you and the person to help guide you as well. Because he was the only one guiding me, you know, like no, there was no one else there for me. So I think like getting the help that you need, whether it be out of the relationship, like maybe like friend support or maybe talking about it with your family if you can, <laughs> um, if that's something that your family is comfortable with, you know, no. just getting that little extra help helps a lot. Yes, I am a major advocate for mental health support because like you said, having that external support, it, you, you can't completely rely on your partner or whoever, you know, yourself. your friends uh-huh, or yourself. Yeah, you're right. You can't rely on others to fully help process a lot of the things that go on in our lives. I mean, you, you might be able to for a little while, um, but I think over the long term, having that external view um, and someone give you that feedback that you need to hear that maybe someone you love and care about might not be willing to give you um, but having that kind of neutral person to say like look this is what I'm seeing from this side um, and this is what I think is happening here so let's help mm-hmm. you work through that and like you know like like you said like let's help you talk to your inner child again right because maybe that's where the trauma happened or um, what might you tell your inner child about this or that and why you're acting you know whatever having mental health support is super super important um Mm -hmm. and it's also you get out of it as much as you give too right so how fully and honest and open are you going to be willing to be vulnerable and and give of yourself so I also am an advocate for making sure you have the right therapist or making sure that the relationship that you have with your therapist is good too because you want to be able to be honest and open and as transparent with them as well um, to be able to get the help that you need. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I do just want to point out that we do have um, counselors on campus as well that you can reach out to if you want. And if you're um, also like a dual student, I think UH Manoa also has one. Um, it's called CSDC, if you just mm-hmm. search it up. Yep. I, I the used to go there. Student <laughs> Development Center, yeah. Yes, it's very I helpful. I last night when I was going through it. <laughs> so I think it's like a something, uh, student counseling or something. In yeah, my UH, you know, that page with all the little boxes mm-hmm. of different things. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, Counseling and Student Development Center, yeah, CSDC. Yeah, so if you ever need, resources are always out there. People are ready to talk to you. And... We're all you human. just want to talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're and if you're not sure what resources to go to, you know, feel free to contact us with the confidential advocacy program. Even if whatever you're experiencing, if you don't have a name for it yet or whatever, feel free to call us. We can help talk you through and um, process whatever it is and then send you in the right direction, hopefully. We will. We will. <laughs> sure. Okay, is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners who may be in this, these situations before we wrap up the segment? Um, I think just to kind of reiterate, reiterate what we were all um, kind of saying is, again, just reassuring you, you, we all have experienced trauma and some level 
um, whether that's physical trauma or emotional trauma or but there's something you know things happen to us in our lives that lead to how we cope or how we address events that come up and I think it's important for us to recognize what those things are recognize what's healthy for us and recognize those things that are not healthy for us um, and us meaning us in our interactions with other people and in relationships that we have and so I think to repeat just really doing whatever it is that we need to do to address those traumas is so important to live our full healthy relationships and to live our full lives, um, to be our whole selves in every relationship that we have um, unapologetically um, when we, you know, when we don't need to be <laughs> apologetic, but definitely to be our full selves so that we can be fully present and be fully who we are um, in whatever relationships we have, yeah, whether it's our workplace, our school, our friends, and um, our intimate partners, and all of those relationships, even with yourself, even with ourselves, yeah, I, and I think that's the first relationship that we have to um, be pono with. with. We have to be right with, yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, oh, I was reading something recently, and or talking about something recently, and you know, oh, becoming being peacemakers. Um, being peacemakers um, with others in our um, friendships and intimate relationships. But I was thinking, well, maybe we should be peacemakers with ourselves. What is it that we're not, you know, at peace with first? Uh, how do we address that so that we can be that full self to others? I think that's kind of what I want to push forth for all of us, including myself, right? Um, no relationship expert here, <laughs> for sure. But at the same time, I know that if I was able to address these things and if others can address these things within ourselves, we might be, I'm full advocate for being our full selves in relationships, our full healthy selves. So whatever that means um, for each of us. Um, and that it's okay if we have so many traumas and so many things that we need to address. I think the important piece is that we recognize it and that we, we go and get help for it. Um, Sticks are inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I'll leave everyone with is go live our full lives. <laughs> um, go find our whole selves um, and be healthy. Thank you so much for your time, Leslie. It was a pleasure to have this important conversation and I look forward to having more again with you soon. Until next time, this is Summer and Micah, your Love Pono team reminding you all to live Pono and love Pono. Have a great day or night. <laughs>